Welcome to Simple Self-Care by Naturally Randy K, a podcast about creating healing practices that align with the natural rhythms of the season and your own inner wisdom. I created this podcast to show you that self-care is more than just a buzzword and a good intention. It's a way of being that can fit into your everyday life naturally, intentionally, and simply. Hello again, it's me, Randy Kay, and I am super excited to share today's conversation with you. I invited one of my favorite people on this week to talk about a topic that is growing in popularity and in need, and that is the importance of reusing and repurposing what we already have. And someone I know that is somewhat of an expert in this area is my dear friend, Ashley Beaton Carlson. Not only is she one of my besties, but she is a very talented artist and entrepreneur. Her first business was A&D. She made upcycled ties out of thrifted dress shirts. And we actually used to have our shops right across the street from each other. And it was really cute and fun. But now she has moved on and transformed that business into Remade to Remember, which is an online business where she repurposes cherished clothing items from loved ones and she turns them into meaningful things like home decor or accessories. So people that have lost a loved one or, you know, have a bunch of t-shirts from high school or something, they can send them into her and she can turn them into things you actually want to have around. So it's pretty cool. And she also helps her husband, Seth, run his reclaimed timber company, Dakota Timber Co., and they're local here in Fargo. And she talks about that a little bit on the podcast today. And then she also works full-time for a local nonprofit called Creative Plains, where she develops art education programming for underserved kids. And then on top of all that, she is a new mom. So yeah, she's pretty awesome. She does a lot of stuff and I look up to her so much and I can't wait for you to get to know her too. But before we get into it, I want to take a moment to first of all, thank you for those that reached out to me and shared last week's episode on self-care for mental health. I love hearing from you and I love even more that you found it relatable and valuable and a message worth sharing. It's always a vulnerable and tricky topic. So thank you for letting me know it was okay. And if you have specific questions for me on that topic or want further discussion, I've been collecting some questions from my Patreon supporters because I'm doing a special ask me anything chat on mental health. So it'll be a unique Q&A that I'll be doing shortly. So if you'd like further support on the matter, head over to patreon.com slash simple self-care and become a supporter for as little as $2 and then just ask away. And then that will be coming into your podcast feed as a special episode just for you. So today's October 23rd, I think when this airs. And so within the next week or so, by the end of the month, let's say, get those questions in. And speaking of Patreon, for this week's episode, Ashley will be generously donating $100 worth of her goodies for you. 
It's a collection of her handcrafted upcycled accessories, all made from secondhand button-down shirts. And there's a little something for everyone in her little prize package. There's a bow tie, a headband, a few pair of earrings, and even a kid's bow tie. So there'll be something for you and something to perhaps gift during the holidays. Be a really cool present. So I'll be doing that giveaway as a prize for one lucky Patreon supporter. So be sure to get in on that by October 29th, putting a deadline, 2019, in case you're from the future, (laughs) listening to this in the future. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, head over to Patreon, get in on that. It's turning into a fun little space. I love connecting with you all there. All right. All right. Back to today's episode with Ashley. Take a listen as we chat about the evolution of living a more eco-friendly life, because that can be kind of daunting all or nothing. We chat about how to use thrift stores intentionally, how to counter eco-anxiety, and she shares her insights on approaching repurposing and upcycling what you already have and using that as a creative and even a spiritual practice. Enjoy. All right. We are here in my dining room with the wonderful and talented Ashley Deaton Carlson. (laughs) Hi. Hello. Just days ago, I had our friend Molly Ye in here. And so I think I should start like a dining room sessions thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool because we get to hang out, but it's not cool because who knows what kind of distractions are going to happen? Who That's knows true. what my dogs will do? Who knows if the sound is all going to suddenly stop? Or if Smart House will interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just see. Um, Ashley is very wise and she's an entrepreneur. She's a new mom. She's running multiple businesses and helping other businesses do cool stuff. So if you could just give a brief rundown of what you're up to right now. Sure. Um, Well, right now, since probably since August, so middle of the summer, my main area of focus has been working for a nonprofit foundation, doing arts programming for underserved kids in Fargo. Um, And that has like been my life um, since I moved full-time doing that. Um, But it still is just one element of my life at the moment. It's been kind of, I tend to like rank my roles slash my hats because I wear so many of them. So that's been like the hat closest to the top of my head lately. But um, the other hats I've been wearing lately are definitely mom and um not so much entrepreneur lately. Um, it's something that's still part of what I do and who I am, but I've kind of like, I say I put it on pause because um, I really felt a calling to make a shift towards the nonprofit work I've been doing. Um, but that being said, I still have like orders of sewing projects that I need to do. Um, and I'm sure that that will pick up too uh, as we get closer to the holidays and that type of thing. So 
That's and where you, I'm at. And you help your husband with his business. I do, yeah. He always, literally every day of his life, he's like, can't you just come into work on like Mondays and Fridays? I'm like, no, I have a full-time job and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's not legal, right? Like, I don't know if that's what moonlighting is, but I don't think that's legal. But um, yeah, so he, he is definitely, um, he's a total entrepreneur. His business is a reclaimed lumber company. And um, I've always kind of helped out with his marketing and social and like kind of big picture planning type stuff. Um, And so it's like mostly now taking the form of conversations in terms of guidance. Sometimes I feel like a mentor to him, um, especially when it comes to like HR stuff. And um, (laughs) yeah, I see that. (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, but also like, um, yeah, anytime I can help out with that, it's, I just try to be as helpful as I can and go into the showroom sometime. We like, we'll bring in our, we'll bring in Alden and uh, just hang out as a family on the weekend selling wood. So mm-hmm. that ain't bad. No, it's not bad at all. Well, one theme between everything you've been a part of has been making something out of what's currently going on. Like you're a very thrifty person, you're a very resourceful person and all of your businesses and even hobbies have been to upcycle things that are already existing. And I feel like that that's becoming more and more of a need. You're currently creating curriculum for, um, for yeah, kids. Yeah. So I guess if you could share your background with upcycling and how that's evolved and feel free to go on any tangents on why it's important (laughs) cool yeah all the tangents yeah well so currently like because I am working at this nonprofit and we're doing arts programming um I get to bring all of my passions and experience in terms of my art career and my art education I'm a art major I have a degree in studio art um, and then my experience as an entrepreneur, which my focus was in sewing, um, those type of creative skills to the table and to bring projects and um, ideas and lessons to the students that I serve. Um, and so it's been really awesome to be able to, like before I started working as a nonprofit, I owned a storefront and um, did craft fests running a business where I took button down shirts and cut them up and turned them into bow ties and sold them to people. And I did uh, accessories for weddings and all sorts of different things. And um, it was super like fulfilling and I really loved the work. I really loved being able to like the freedom and the creativity. But I also got to the point after doing it full time as my job for like six years where I never made anything for myself. You know, like everything that I was making was for somebody else. It was to fulfill an order um, or it was to sell and it was to it was my job and it really did become my job. And that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it anymore, but I just like felt this yearning to like do something creative for myself again. And because that's how it all started. So like the reason that I ended up opening that store and running that business was because when I was 15 years old, I was going through my brother's closet and cutting up his clothes to like make myself skirts, you know, like, (laughs) so it all kind of like, um, the whole path from that, like kid who was really creative in terms of like being resourceful and thrifty and having a desire to make things, but not necessarily having access to resources to do so. Cause you can't like drive to the thrift store when you're like 14. 
in Illinois at least. <laughs> um, and to where I am today, finally teaching, it's kind of been like a full circle movement. But um, yeah, I think I was just raised with this belief. My parents weren't like, um, like I guess what would be called eco-friendly or anything, but they were both um, they didn't, they weren't raised with a lot of money. And so they had to be really resourceful. So I remember ever since I was little, my mom, especially cause she's so creative, um, just picking up on all these fun little things that they would do and techniques and like, they were just always leading by example in terms of like, well, how do we make do with what we have? Right. Like we don't need to go out and like, you know, by the latest this or that, like we can get creative with what we've got. And so when I got really interested in um, making my own clothing as a teenager, it was like just common sense for me to use clothes that I already had and cut them up. And that was back in like, oh God, like 19, no, 2000 maybe. (laughs) Yeah, back in the early 2000s. So I wasn't ever thinking about um, upcycling or refashioning or like this type of eco-friendly, sustainable approach to fashion um, at that age. But it was just like this very intuitive thing um, to just try to be creative with very little to work with. Um, later, like after being a teenager and I, I mean, I would, oh my gosh, I, I went to Catholic school, so I had to wear a uniform all the time. It was khakis and a polo. And I just remember like wanting so bad to have my own like personality and like in terms of my clothing and stuff and just really wanting to be able to like wear things that felt like me and like not seeing that reflected in stores and also like not being, um, you know, like, I don't know, like I just, when you're a teenager or in your early teens, like you are literally, you live in your little bedroom in your own little world and you do your little things. And so it was like my only option for doing that and expressing myself through my clothing was by literally like cutting up bed sheets that I already had. Um, anyways, you shouldn't have given me permission How tangent. It just reminds me of sound of music, just like making clothes out of curtains. So. Yeah. And like, <laughs> no, absolutely. That's what I would do. And then when I did get my license and I discovered thrift stores, my like mind was blown because I was like, oh my gosh, like these vintage sheets have this beautiful floral pattern and I can use this to make a dress out of. And I don't have to steal any more of my brother's elastic underwear bands. <laughs> To like, no, you did oh, that. I did. Yeah, yeah, I totally did. And never like my entire like life, like I've always been a like ask for forgiveness, not for, for permission type of person, you know. So yeah. I would just like literally rip up clothes and rip up my brother's clothes. And it was the underwear band <laughs> that finally, that finally yeah, where my parents were like, OK, <laughs> like, do we need to take you to like the fabric store and I'm like no this totally works no like, well your brother needs underwear <laughs> so like I'm like yeah but like what about the ones he doesn't need anymore and so um and knowing your brother I mean they probably it wasn't the most sanitary decision. no it was not a smart I mean like it was clever right but it was also just like wildly unnecessary you know especially knowing that like you know but it's it's like I think the whole like it was so it's such a like that's just the way that I've always done things and the way that mm-hmm. I still do things. It's like, yeah, there's probably an easier way to do this or like, but what do I have access to at this moment? Mm-hmm. What can I be creative with at this moment? And, um, 
that just kind of like bled into everything that I did. And then when I got to college, by that time, it was like, I can't do dates, but you know, like not that long ago. (laughs) And when I started to realize, wait a minute, like all those decisions I was making out of necessity actually were also making a positive environmental impact. Like I didn't even recognize, I think in those early like teenage years of like, you know, let me make this crazy shirt that it was like, wait a minute, why do, why do all of these clothes exist? Why can I go to a thrift store and have there be like a full, like full shelves of like clothing that nobody's wearing or they, they bought it and they wore it once and now it's here. And I like became much more aware of like the element of waste that is so prevalent in the fashion industry and um, just kind of like got even more passionate about approaching those creative projects from that point of like, wait a minute, like we don't need to keep, like we could stop producing like new clothing today and like everybody on the planet would be set for like, you know, mm-hmm. all of time. So then it became like an, in, it became like a more political like thing where it was like, I'm doing this not because I'm too young to drive and can't go shopping at wherever you would shop in the early 2000s. Um, but I'm doing this because um, I don't want to create more of a demand for something that already exists. Um, and that's kind of vague, <laughs> but also like, the, it, that's the underlying element that drives my husband's work. So he does um, reclaimed and then urban salvage wood, which urban salvage means trees that are cut down along boulevards and streets in your town. Um, they usually end up in the landfill. So when he um, discovered that, it was, you know, the same type of outrage. Like, what? Why? Why? Like, I have a sawmill. I can take that material and turn it into something new. It doesn't need to be wasted. Um, I think when you do gain an awareness of like the amount of waste that takes place, whether it's food waste or like within the textile industry or wood or whatever, um, like you can't help but wonder, well, what can I do then? Like what decisions can I make to be a more mindful consumer? And um, I think, so ideologically I've always operated from that space. And I think as a couple, my husband and I do, but we have such a far ways to go in our personal lives too. And I think, um, I was just, you follow Patagonia, right? Mm -hmm. Patagonia. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just watching his stories the other day. And I think we live in a culture where like, we're so surrounded by this idea that there's a a right way or a perfect way to do things. And like, we have to be a perfect zero waste person, or we have to be an ideal environmentalist or environmentalist or we have to be vegan and like that doing just a little bit isn't good enough you know it's like you have to do all of the things like and if you're not going to go all in then why waste your time but like massive change is not going to happen by everybody being perfect um you know consumers or like perfect zero waste people or perfect whatever everybody just has to do what they can so I was just recently so inspired by him just being brutally honest like yeah like I today ran to Hornbacher's because I am a new mom and like did not have time to make myself lunch and like ended up getting lunch that was packaged in plastic in a plastic bag like and so like 
being aware of that as being like, but on the other hand, it's like, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat meat, right? So do does the like carbon emissions that I offset from not eating meat make up for the fact that sometimes like I'm a jerk and like get plastic wrap food? I don't know. But I think um, that's like one thing that I'm passionate about is like, I like don't ever claim to be like, you know, a role model in the sense of living gently or you know what I mean like living very green but it's like the areas that I can excel in or the areas that I can make an impact in like those are the places that like I can speak to and like I can't I literally cannot tell you the last time I bought a new article of clothing Mm -hmm. that did not come from a thrift store like I genuinely have no idea you know and I think that's really important because we are so focused on what we need to keep doing in all areas that we don't realize what we are doing. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this um, kind of uprising of eco anxiety Mm -hmm. like this. And especially with young people, it's like, they're really afraid Mm -hmm. of where our world is going. And, and I talk to people that they're, they don't even know where to start because they're like, this isn't even going to make a dent. Like, you know, the fish are still going to have, straws coming out of their eyeballs, you know, and all those kind of scare tactics, which are needed, but like we don't value the importance of day to day. And the fact that you always get your clothes from thrift stores is huge Mm -hmm. and it, it's important. Yeah. So I'm curious because I've gone thrifting with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, you have Randy. And it's so much fun because you, you've got your systems, you've got your tips and your tricks and where you go for this and where you go for that. And I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with thrifting where Mm -hmm. they don't think that it could be for them. Right. So do you have any tips on how to start or how to like get to know the thrift stores in your area or other options Mm -hmm. or things like that? Yeah, that's a really great way to say it to get to know the thrift stores in your area because I think that's like one of the biggest tips I got to know the thrift stores in Fargo because my business depended that was my cost of goods right that was my supply chain so I was going to every thrift store in the area to buy piles and piles and piles of men's button-down shirts which I got a lot of weird looks about um (laughs) to then take to the laundromat to wash which I also got a lot of weird looks about um to turn into my end product and through that process of going it was Mondays my store was open Tuesday through um Saturday so on Mondays were my thrifting days and I would go and I would have a route of the ones that I'd go to and just by like visiting them I started to realize oh well this thrift store is really good for and of course I'm shopping for my business but I'm also like looking at shoes and like the books and the housewares and like everything and I started to recognize like this thrift store has awesome um like tablecloths and uh whatever you call linens or whatever and this thrift store always has really cool furniture and this thrift store is great for they get all of Target's old clothes every month you know and recognize the strengths of each thrift store because it's so true like I think a lot of people they'll go into one thrift store and it's usually like the jankiest one that they you know (laughs) out of all of them and they're like uh this is gross right Mm -hmm. like they just don't and then it's like that's it for them but like even in a small community like Fargo there are 12 like solid 
individual thrift stores. You took me to one that like I didn't know existed. It was on some weird side road. And it was my favorite one. It had like the coolest kitchen stuff. I'm trying to think of which New one. New Life. Oh, New Life Center. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they were they'd have bag sales where you could fill an entire bag for like five dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like don't um don't judge all thrift stores for like the one weird experience you had. Uh like go to all of the ones that you can and you'll find that different places have different strengths. Um, and then of course there are always going to be things that like you don't want to get from a thrift store, right? Like you're not going to get underwear. Underwear, actually yeah. don't get those I know, waistbands. You're not going to get the waistbands <laughs> from the underwear at the thrift store, even though the elastic's probably still totally good. Maybe there's some other use for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, maybe there are other things that you don't feel comfortable with. I usually like steer clear of appliances. And now that we live in like a Facebook marketplace world, like for my son, when it came time to like start making food for him, I had read so much about these little food cookers. And I was like, cool, I'll keep an eye out at the thrift stores. And of course, never found them. And then um, looked on Facebook marketplace and there were a million of them, you know, so like, there are probably things that like you can buy secondhand that like, yeah, you can add it to your, I'll keep an eye out at the thrift stores, but we also have other resources available to us. We can go on Facebook marketplace. We can go on Craigslist. So don't think that you have to always find like your secondhand items from thrift stores, but clothing is like the main thing that I think people underestimate. Um, this shirt that I'm wearing today, I literally got at a thrift store yesterday and I love it. And it's like really cozy. And, um, I think we underestimate, um, if you just think about how quickly you go through clothing, maybe not you, Randy, because you have a like pretty good, solid like relationship with like quality over quantity, but the average American is not set up that way. They're like, it's all quantity. They're Mm -hmm. shopping every week. They're buying new things. The quality is poor, is not as good, but you know, like those things, um, usually end up at thrift stores and they've usually been worn only once or twice. And so like, I think in our heads, we think like, Oh, this is just going to be some raggedy old gross sweater Mm -hmm. that like is from somebody's grandpa. And like what it actually is, is like some high end label, especially Mm -hmm. depending on where you're thrift shopping, some high end label that somebody bought, wore to an event and donated afterwards. Yeah. I was at a thrift store recently and I found a Pendleton sweater. Yeah. And it was awesome. And all I needed to do was take it to the dry cleaner to get cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. Which, and I, it happened to be the day where the tag color was half, was half off. Yeah. So I got it for 20 bucks. Yeah. That's and awesome. And then maybe spent $10 with dry cleaning, mm-hmm. if that. Right. And then it was a new sweater. like a new sweater. And I think the key for me as I've been getting more into it is to go with some clear intentions because the other thing that Americans are trying to do is if it's a good price, yes. why not? Yes. It's yeah. only $5. I will be totally honest with you, Randy. The first time I went thrifting with you, you had like a full cart <laughs> and I had like no things, right? <laughs> so Randy's just going nuts, right? And you, you're grabbing like all these different like housewares and it's like all really cute stuff. But I also yeah. was like, dang girl, slow down. <laughs> because like I very much am like a hesitant shopper. Yeah. And like um I 
I don't know. I don't, I didn't inherit that like, oh, it's cheap. So I'm going to, not that it's cheap, but it's affordable. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, it's not, who cares? It's like four bucks. Right. Yeah. And, but I do remember being like, Mandy, <laughs> oh, really? which I think like you since that point. And, but you were probably like, this is awesome. Yeah. I got such a good deal on I know. all of these things. I was totally guilty of it. Yeah. And I've wised up. Yeah. Um, since then. But you did not have an intention set. No, I was just going, yeah, with like, you. this is so cool. And I'm like, look at this. Oh, cute. And so I am, the things I go to thrift stores for is I am trying to um, add some new sweaters to my collection for the winter. And so that was cool that I found that sweater because I was looking for it. Mm-hmm. And when I need like plates or cups or like when I'm at my studio and I need more cups or something, mm-hmm. I cannot believe how nice uh, dishes like get donated and things. And so I, I like to find cute little bases and things there um and so but yeah having clear intentions of what you're wanting and also even if something is cool thinking what am I actually going to do with this will I use this yeah I think I even believe in um which our mutual friend Nicole I think very much feels this way of like manifesting right so like if you it's not it's like if you have your heart set on, you know, like, I really need a new pair of such and such, like, to just carry that intent, like, that idea with you. And, like, there there are so many times when she'll come, because we work together now, and she'll come to work and be like, I just found these boots, and I manifested them. But it's so true. Yeah. Like, if you are if you are being thoughtful about it, um, like, the things that you can find. And also keeping in mind, like, I'm glad you mentioned that sweater, because – the quality of the items that you're buying is also important. So what you don't want to do is start using the thrift store like a renter runway. You know, yeah. You don't want to just be like, oh well, this shirt's two dollars, so I'm just gonna get it and then I'll just donate it again. Like it's good that it's getting use, but you can also think about like the long term life of your items, and it's always better to donate than to like destroy or to you know just throw away. But um, that's something to be thoughtful about too, because when you aren't spending $70 on a, whatever, a shirt, um, it's a lot easier for you to then not have that like investment relationship with it where you're like, Oh, well, yeah, I wore it a few times, but I'm just going to donate it again. Mm -hmm. And like the more that we, you can keep clothes out of the landfill, the better. But I think that's like a, it's like a down, it's a sticky situation to get into, which I am getting so much better at. That was like sort of my, um, especially as a teenager, it was like, oh, cool, I got this dress for $3 and I'm going to wear it for like a month and then I'll just donate it again. And I always have new clothes. But then it also was this kind of like short term type of relationship that like is better, right, than buying something totally new and increasing the demand for it, but also like not as mindful. So, yeah, I think it's the other thing I've learned from talking to people that own thrift stores and work at thrift stores is they have to process so much crap from us. And even if it's something they will use and sell, it's still a lot of work for them to process all the Mm -hmm. stuff we're giving them. And I know thrift stores that they take a huge, um, like dumpster Mm -hmm. to the landfill every day. Right. Yeah. Because and it's also being more mindful of what we're getting rid of, right? And so, it is that kind of this zooming out bigger mm-hmm. picture of the concept of thrifting and secondhand, and how can we just make it a piece of 
being a more intentional human, which we talk about a lot on the podcast and I talk about a lot in general. But it it's like, okay, we're not just doing this to check that off the box. Like, oh, I got this at a thrift store. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like it is, it's part of a chain. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's not just a Band-Aid, right? Yeah. And so I think like, it's always better, in the same way we were talking about, like, these little things, like, it's always better to bring a reusable bag, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's always going to be better. Is that going to, like, stop climate change? No. Like, in and of itself, absolutely not. But it's it's a decision that you can make that is simple. And, like, when you forget your bag, you don't have to, like, beat mm-hmm. yourself up. Like, we're all human. But it's, it's, it's a decision worth making. And mm-hmm. if it can be made, it's, like, just make it. So, yeah. And I just really admire how you and your husband have turned your passions and hobbies into, like, now how you run your family Mm -hmm. and how you want to be as a family unit and your future plans. And that's the thing about any of these little things that we take on. We're not going to have it be this huge lifestyle at first, Mm -hmm. but you just keep doing it and it gets to evolve over time and you would never be where you're at right now if you didn't start somewhere Somewhere. and it's it's this is the long game you know yeah and it makes a difference yeah it changes so much too like when um you do start a family (laughs) like because you on the one hand are thinking like holy crap my kid not just kids in general which is very important but like my kid that I made the decision to bring into this world is going to have to live on this planet Mm -hmm. and um how do I prepare them to navigate it in a thoughtful way and you do have to like consider your your choices have an added level of consideration to them and the imperfection like follows you no matter what and like the learning process follows no matter what but like I was just patching Seth's uh, jeans the other day thinking about like patching Alden's jeans one day mm-hmm. and like how like he will be taught like when something is broken we don't throw it away we try to fix it and those little things like um, that don't seem like much like can amount to something so much bigger yeah well one thing I'd like to end on and I'll have to have you back on because there's way more we can <laughs> talk about about all sorts of things um, but you, so right now you're preparing a curriculum for young people for repurposing clothing and upcycling. What is the main message you want them to understand? Because that's probably what we all need to understand. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I'm so excited about this program. It's called Fashion Remix. And it's like if I, oh, I just think about if I had access to this type of experience when I was in my bedroom teaching myself how to sew, like, I can't even imagine like where if I ended up where I am without that type of exposure to these ideas, like I can't even imagine where I could have been. So um, I this whole entire program, six weeks, is all focused on um, ways that they can use fashion to express themselves um, in a really accessible way. So I think the overall message is that like it, for this in particular, because most of it is fashion based, that like it's accessible. So like that form of creative expression, fashion, or you could even take it into your home and your home decor, like those type of things are accessible and it's, it doesn't have to be, um, I don't know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's, it's accessible. So we're going to like 
I'll start with a plain white t-shirt and then like dye it and stamp it and alter it and turn it into, you know, something that's totally unique. Um, and tear, of course, tear apart some button downs that got donated from, <laughs> because since I have kind of put pause on my own business, I'm like going through my own studio thinking like, oh my gosh, I was feeling so much guilt. Like I have all these totes of shirts that never got turned into bow ties. <laughs> like I should have just left them on the shelf. So what if somebody could have worn them? Oh my gosh, I cut off part of the sleeve. Like this is useless now. Um, so I've like packaged up a lot of that stuff to like move forward to the program, but like just um, instilling that, that creative spark of like, what can I do with what I have? Um, because I feel like it all comes back to that whether it's buying new clothing or I, you know, so many things just come back to that resourcefulness and creativity of working with what you've got. And I think it also brings in the point that when we do pause and work with what we've got, we realize we have a lot. So much. And I just realized I've been reorganizing my pantry. <laughs> uh, needed it. Um, and I, I was like, oh, I need to use all of these nuts. What can I do with all of these nuts? Yes. What can I do with all of these spices? Garbage food. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ashley calls it garbage. She makes garbage soup. Garbage pizza. Garbage pizza with whatever you have left over. Yeah. And it's usually delicious. Yeah. Um, and it's like I've been eating really well cleaning out my pantry. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, I get so lazy or something. I get something new and it blocks what I have in the back. And it's just like when we pause and we really look at what we already have, it's usually more than enough. And I love anytime we can get reminded of that. And I love, I do, you're just going to change lives with these kids <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. But we as adults can also on that adventure too mm -hmm. so. yeah it's a powerful message and I think having it come from you too like having it just be repeated by you like reminds you that like yes on a material level that's a very like important truth but it's also a spiritual thing you mm -hmm. know and I think that's what's so cool that like when you do stop pause take inventory we always have more than enough so mm -hmm. yes yeah, that'll be my mantra yeah for the fall yes I love it well thank you for coming on and I will um, list more of how people can find you. Your website, Remade to Remember, is amazing. Um, she's honed all of her skills into a very meaningful side business. Which I didn't even mention, but it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's why you're there. People are going to be like, so wait, what does this girl do? Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, follow the links. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll tell them, the intro and the outro. Um, but I wanted to make sure we reserved all of our time for hearing from you. So thank you, Ashley, and uh, we'll have you back on soon. Awesome. I look forward to it. See? Cool. Okay, first of all, I would like to apologize to Ashley's brother. I didn't mean to indicate that he was gross. <laughs> I just imagine him as a teenager. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to clear the air on that. He's a lovely young man. Second of all, as I was re-listening to this, I was reminded of something that I've been doing lately with thrifting, but also shopping in general. And that's when I find a good price on something, whether it is just super cheap at a thrift store or it's on sale. I do my best to remember to ask myself the question, would I buy this for full price? And if the answer is no, 
and I probably don't need it and I probably really don't want it. So if you were going to buy it already full price, then it's probably a decent purchase. If not, don't bother. You're just going to end up stuck with it. So try that on, try that question. It might be helpful. The other thing I wanted to mention was I love how she talks about patching up her husband's jeans. I don't know about you, but that is not something I would ever think of doing, <laughs> but I know how to sew. I, it, you know, there's things that I can patch up. I just, it's not in my frame of mind. And so that's kind of a, a challenge as, as I move into winter and maybe as you also move into winter, how can we up our skills around the house? How can we patch things, socks and whatever, so we can keep them around? It really doesn't take that much effort to repair something. And one thing I've been doing too is getting to know people with those skills in my area. So I did take some shoes in to get a zipper replaced. And sometimes I'll try to sweet talk Ashley into <laughs> hemming my pants. Um, but start trying that on. It's it's a skill we can all acquire. So maybe that could be a fun winter self-care challenge is to gain some of those practical skills, the art of repairing that has become kind of lost. And then I do love what she said about making this a creative and even a spiritual expression. I just haven't thought of it that way. To me, it's always like a, a burden or like, well, I guess I'll try to figure out how to fix this or something. And I just, to have fun with it, to look at what I currently have and and really explore what else I could use it for. It seems second nature to some people, but I love that idea. Reframing it like that makes it really exciting and it fits in with my values and morals. And what if that could be fun? What if I'm really good at that? <laughs> so reframing sometimes is, is what we need. But if you don't want or you can't do it right now, you can check out Ashley's side business, remadetoremember.com, and I'll link to it in the show notes. And you can sign up as a Patreon supporter to win $100 worth of her upcycled goodies, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So just head over to patreon.com slash simple self-care and you'll be entered to win. And there's not a lot of people in there. <laughs> it's growing slowly but surely, but your odds are pretty good. It's not like there's hundreds and thousands of people to compete with. You get a pretty good chance of getting something good. So just letting you know, <laughs> small but mighty, that is where we're at right now. But hopefully it will continue to grow and every week we'll be adding more exciting things in there for you. And just as a reminder, I set up Patreon as a way to make this podcast sustainable and high quality. And as much as I sometimes like to believe it, I really can't do all of the things that has to happen to make this podcast happen. So your support pays for me to get that help. And I get that help from other people that are way better at production than I am. So <laughs> in return... You will get more consistent, high-quality podcasts from me with a not-burnt-out Randy. 
and then you get exclusive content and resources. So I think it's a win-win. It's a lot of fun to interact with you all on such a personal level over there. So yeah, that's my Patreon spiel. And like I say all the time, I love hearing from you. I love hearing your thoughts, your biggest takeaways. I love it when you share it with people. It just totally makes my life and it it makes everything worth it. So all of the, the hard work pays off when I get to interact with you, really. So please reach out to me. The best way to do that is on Instagram and tag me so I can see your posts and share it. And that's at naturally Randy K naturally r-a-n-d-i-k-a-y and that's where i do most of my interacting anyway so if you're not over there um please give me a follow i did a listener survey over there to get your feedback on the podcast and what you want so pretty much anything happens there so please follow there you can also join my simple self-care facebook group not as active but still fun (laughs) if you're on facebook Uh, Just search Simple Self-Care Circle and ask to join. And then you can sign up for my newsletter and respond to each newsletter. And I do write back when you write me back. So you can subscribe to that at my website, naturallyrandyk.com slash newsletter. And yes, I have been slacking on the newsletter, but there is one coming this week. So stay tuned. Okay. I think that's everything. Hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Randy Kay, a holistic wellness practitioner and educator. Through my online resources and one-on-one mentoring programs, I teach women holistic ways to tune into their inner wisdom and establish healing seasonal practices so they can know how to heal their own pain and feel healthy and at home from the inside out. And until we meet again, take good care and enjoy the journey. Well, I wanted to be mindful of time because I know I have to go. I do. (laughs) 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 The, The dark side of Ashley.